Hey guys, a very warm welcome to the My Pristine Mind podcast. I'm your host, James Monaghan, and I am truly grateful to be able to bring this show to you. I want to take an opportunity to thank each individual listener for taking the time to tune in today, and also congratulate you in making a decision in exploring all the topics we talk about on the show. So get ready for another exciting episode and sit back, relax, and enjoy the show. Hey guys, what is up? I hope you're all excited for this episode because I know I had a great, great time recording it. And I'm just going to go in and do a little intro into it because, um, yeah, we we got straight into it and we didn't have much time to be chit-chatting beforehand. So I said I'd do a little intro to warm you all up for it. And I had a guest speaker on and he is Neil O'Marku and he's a Wim Hof Method instructor and he is a level three instructor, which is the highest level awarded and he's the only one in Ireland at that level so he's very very prominent he's very well known and yeah he's just a great guy all around so you know before you even listen to this episode put it on pause and go over and check him out over on his Instagram it's breath with Nile and also check out Wim Hof himself if you're unfamiliar with him um, with Wim Hof and his method his nickname is the Iceman so Go over and check him out and see what he's all about and maybe have a look at the stuff he does and it will give you more context for the episode and more um, knowledge if you don't know anything much about it. But yeah, it was really exciting for me to bring him on. Um, I started going into the cold water this year, but I only started really taking it seriously in the last couple of months. So I was very excited to bring him on and just ask him questions myself and talk with him and it was a really easy podcast to do. I even forgot I was recording at times. Um, just because I was so excited to talk to him, I was really, really, you know, eager to, to find out more about what he does. And yeah, look at, enjoy the episode. And if you have any any questions, any feedback, be sure to reach out. Um, and just on that note, from the previous episode, the solo podcast, um, Chasing the High Vibe, the Good, the Bad and the Ugly, I want to thank anyone who reached out to message to say they liked it, um, to say well done, or just if they had any questions. Uh, it was really, really nice to see people reaching out. And that episode I recorded, I did it in the morning time and I went out for a swim afterwards. And I swear to God, it felt like I'd done a therapy session when I'd done the podcast. It was so easy flowing. Um, I was just putting it all out there. And when I went for a swim and came back out again, I felt on top of the world. And I don't think I've done a bit of, I've done a bit of therapy. And I don't think I ever felt as good after any therapy session I'd done than after I did recording that podcast, saying what was on my mind and going out for a swim cold swim it changed my whole week so yeah i'm looking forward to doing a few more um solo podcasts like that and speaking from the heart and i think i'm going to do it in salt hill i'm going to do it before i go into the water because i don't know i just felt good so i'm going to keep that keep doing that so yeah look at enjoy the podcast sit back relax and enjoy the show Hello everyone and welcome back to another episode of the podcast and this week's episode is a very very special one as I am joined by the one and only Neil O'Marku. Neil is Ireland's most prominent Wim Hof method instructor. He is a level three instructor which is the highest level awarded and I believe you're the only one in Ireland that is the level three instructor as far as I know 
Um, he's also a wellness expert with over 20 years experience. He is a herbalist and he also lights up his life with shamanic breathing. Neil, thanks for joining me. How are you keeping? I'm very well and thank you for the really lovely introduction. I appreciate it. I've been working on that one. Thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I might have to use that myself. Yeah, you can take, take notes on that. I'll, I'll forward it on to you. <laughs> So you, you had an exciting morning. You were out doing some uh, some workshops this morning. Yeah, so I think that must be the earliest workshop. So I had a private workshop for a company uh, and their sales team this morning and started at half seven in the morning. So that's probably the earliest I've ever done one. That's not in a retreat or, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was kind of interesting because our, the venue we use is in Dublin 4 in Irish town, you know, not very close to the city, in the city. So it was such a you know it was such a beautiful experience for people to be lying down and breathing in this beautiful place that we have the chapel of ease and then going out into an ice bath as the commuters were rushing by outside the gates so it was a very interesting uh coming together of two different worlds the friday morning rush hour and then the wim hof world as well how how is it to, to do one of the workshops with all the rush rush going around around you do and even for the people doing it how do they find it I think it really emphasizes the importance of slowing down. You, you know, so the, the Chapel of Ease is, um, I think it's about 130 years old. It's an old chapel just down the road here. So it has a little bit of space around it and the gates and everything. So there's a definite feel that you're, you're kind of away from the rush. But when you see it rushing by and the buses and the people flying, uh, I think you get a, a, an appreciation of taking the importance of taking time to to lie down or sit down and do some breathing, and the mm-hmm. importance of taking time to to enjoy some colds. Uh, I think that that distinction between what we're doing inside and what's going on outside is is one that people can um, they can absorb and really kind of appreciate. Mm-hmm. It can really make you appreciate it more when you see everything mm. flying by. Yeah, it yeah. does, because you're like, I'm not there. <laughs> yeah, and probably the guys in, in the bus is looking in going, oh, God, I wish I was in there. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They're probably going, what is going on in there? <laughs> so before we get into it too much, um, where where did it all begin for you? I mean, you have, obviously, you have a lot of experience, but, I mean, where did it kind of start off, this life journey for you? Where where can you say you kind of started going down this route? Um, I I was always fascinated by... The, the big questions in life, even as a teenager, um, you know, what is this experience we're having, uh, particularly in Ireland, like, what is God? Is there a God? Mm-hmm. Is God female? Is God male? Is it anything? You know, um, what's the mind? Where is the mind? Um, and all these things used to fascinate me, even as a teenager. Um, but it wasn't until maybe my early 20s that I, I would kind of had the drive or the ambition or the freedom to go and pursue those. So I spent a lot of time studying martial arts and, and the kind of deeper parts of that, you know, the philosophy, Buddhist philosophy and meditation and Qigong, the breathing, that was my introduction to breathing. Um, and that led into yoga and that led into, into learning how to use, I was then kind of became obsessed with the idea of, of how our ancestors stayed healthy and strong, because obviously they did. We're here today. Mm-hmm. So how, how did they use the plants around them? How did they use the nature around them to, to stay healthy? So that led me down into the into the healing traditions of Ireland and herbalism and, and, and those types of things. And then um, after many years, I heard Wim Hof 
talking on a podcast and, and what he said kind of brought two parts of my life together. I used to swim in the sea since I was a teenager. Mm-hmm. And then I really enjoyed breathing parts of pranayama and yoga um, in yoga, I should say. And then Wim was bringing them both together. So it was this, you know, combination of two things that I really loved at a point in my life that I really needed them. So uh, when that came together, it was like the last little piece of the puzzle just fell into place and everything seemed to kind of make sense for me then. And was there a big, big difference like um, in the stuff you were doing to to a point when you met Wim? Um, what Was there like much of a shift in what you were doing before and what you were doing kind of now? Yeah, there was actually. So even though I had been doing loads of different types of breathing and say meditation, I'm really looking after myself. Um, at the time where I came across Wim, we have we have four children and they were really young at the time and it was putting us under a lot of pressure myself and my wife Josie and even though I love pranayama breathing and I love qigong breathing um the feelings from them are more subtle and they take longer to feel the effects of mm-hmm. them I know I know patience is part of any practice so that's no no bother but when I sat down to do the Wim Hof breathing all of a sudden I felt different like literally after about two minutes, I felt different. Mm-hmm. And then learning how to approach the cold. And of course, when you jump in the cold and you know what you're doing in the cold and you can use your breath to kind of find calm and control in the cold, you feel immediately different. So for me, there was a massive difference straight away. Mm-hmm. And we felt, Josie and I had more patience with the children straight away. We had, we had more energy. It was all of a sudden. Now, all the stuff I'd been learning before that had been kind of priming me for for the Wim Hof method. And as I said, it just felt like it was the last little piece of the puzzle. And when that fell into place, then the big, huge changes continued to happen, but at a much faster pace. Yeah, you came into your life at a good time. At the perfect time. At the you know at the at a time when I was. Uh, really struggling with the pressures of being a dad to four children and the years of being up at night feeding and, and changing nappies. And uh, we had a few tragedies in the family and kind of dealing with that heartache. And, um, you know, Wim arrived via Joe Rogan's podcast in my life, in my kitchen at the exact time that I needed that change. So mm-hmm. I will be inter- eternally grateful to Joe Rogan for that first episode with yeah. Wim Hof all those years ago. It's a good podcast, I must admit. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Um, you said about the, the effects being instant. I mean, I've seen that as well. Um, I think really the end of last year is when I first came across Wim and I have his book here. Um, yes, great book. This is the third time I am reading it. Because every single time you pick up something different in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I like that. The first time you try it, you get not even lightheaded, but just you just feel a little bit like, oh, God, this is, you know, I feel good. Yeah. Like just a little euphoric yeah. feeling. Yeah. But I mean, there's so many tips and everything he gives. Even when you're in the shower to take a deep breath and holding yeah. your breath and tinting up your body and bring warmth from your rib cages and different parts of your body. Yeah, And I remember at one point I was living with my girlfriend and I went in and I read the book the second time. I found that little tip and I went in and tried it in the shower and I come out to my girlfriend. I was like, it works. It works. <laughs> and she was, she was just like, oh, could you stop it? Yeah, and I got interested. What's going on? <laughs> yeah, it's a great book that, you know, I think you, you recommended it there by telling everybody you read it three times, you mm-hmm. know, um, 
the Wim Hof method can be seen sometimes as really quite simple, which it is, you know, it's just breathing in cold. But, you know, when you read that book, you see that there's so many ways that you can approach the, the cold and breathing mm-hmm. and uh, they can have great effects, great benefits for us. So you've recently been to Poland as well. Can you tell me yeah. a bit about that? How was your trip over there? Yeah, so Poland is where the kind of, the if, if, this, if the soul of the Wim Hof method isn't in Wim Hof, then it's in Poland. Um, it's where Wim took all the first people to train. Um, it's where the kind of Wim Hof Academy bases itself. Lots of the documentaries people have watched have all taken place there in Poland. So it's got a great history uh, for the Wim Hof method. So I was very honored. I was asked to join the team in the Wim Hof Method Academy. So I just got back from a week there teaching the next generation of, of instructors with some amazing other instructors. Um, so that was, I tried to describe it. it. It's one thing teaching people who are beginners. It's very different teaching people who are becoming teachers. You, your, your understanding of what you're teaching has to be much, much deeper. So for me, it was like condensing 10 years of experience down into five days. You know, there was so much for me to learn from the experience of um, helping to teach these uh, future instructors. Mm-hmm. So that for me was a great honor to be kind of part of the academy and I hope um, I get to do it again. And you were alongside Wim himself? Yeah, Wim was there for the first couple of days. Um, I've been lucky to spend a bit of time with Wim on his winter expeditions as mm-hmm. well. And uh, somebody described, Wim is just himself. You know, he's so refreshingly himself that, and that might seem like, people might be like, yeah, but isn't everyone themselves? And I think the more I see of people, the more I realize that very few people are actually themselves. Yeah. We're often thinking about, oh, I can't do this because of what this person might say or whatever it is. Wim just arrives and he's just 100% himself. Mm-hmm. And that's very, that's very refreshing. Uh, and he, you know, his he's his energy is so strong, but not in a not in a way that's kind of hyperactive. But somebody was saying to me, Jesus, when Wim comes into the room, it's like the walls expand outwards, you know, just this amazing, <laughs> you know, openness and uh and love that he has for everybody. And it's yeah. genuine, you know, it is there's not one fake bit about him, you know. Mm-hmm. For you know, for all his you know, and he's human, so you can see his faults are on display as well as his genius, yeah. you know. So that's the refreshing part. And that's a funny one too. Like, yeah, when I first seen Wim and seen his energy, seen his happiness. I mean, that's something that attracts people as well. It's not just. Uh, I mean, obviously, there's health benefits, and we can talk about that. But it's just his energy, and people obviously want that energy in their own lives, and. Um, so that's also one thing that attracted me um, to the method. Mm-hmm. But coming back when I came across you, I'm not sure how I came across your um, profile. Maybe it was searching instructors in Ireland and stuff. And then I've seen your sense of calm. And <laughs> I was like, this is a different, this is a different aspect of the whole thing. Because I was thinking all oh, these instructors yep. are going to be similar to Wim. And then you yep. have a real sense of calm about you. And I was thinking... If I was ever in an emergency, some kind of an evacuation, I think I'd like to be beside you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and you're right. I think that's one of the beauties of working with, the, with breathing and the cold, that for every person, it starts to um, peel back the layers. 
you know, so when we start to peel back the layers and we're more ourselves, we might be very energetic people or we might be calm people or we might be extraordinarily happy people mm-hmm. or whatever it is. And you'll find that there's really lots of the top instructors, the senior instructors, they are totally different. You know, they're totally different. But the one thing I think that they kind of share is that they're just becoming more themselves. Mm-hmm. The layers are slowly coming off. Um, and I think that's it's that's kind of a unique thing about it because it's not everyone's not copying a template to be like that person. Mm-hmm. Everyone's just trying to be more themselves. Yeah. So we start about like for someone that's starting this. Um, I know when I, when, when I personally started, uh, I started off the cold showers, you know, the 10 seconds, 20 seconds. And I had a really terrible shower. It kind of sprayed a little bit of water and oh, yeah. it was probably the most gruesome way to start, I think. But um, <laughs> what like for people who were completely new to this, like there's going to be some people here who have never took a cold shower. But w- w- what do you say to them to try to kind of, you know, start the process? Where can they begin, even with a mindset adjustment? Yeah, I think you're right. I think the first step is in the mind. I think um, if a person is struggling with anything in their life, if they if they're struggling with their health, or if they're struggling with with their mind, or you know, struggling with emotions, or wherever they are in their life, if there's some struggle there, then that's the reason to get into the cold. Mm-hmm. You know, if there's no struggle and everything is beautiful, there's no need to get into the cold. You know, so, but I think most of us have something that we're, we're struggling with. Of course. And um, for example, my 12 year old boy now, he's he just started secondary school and he's been training a lot for years in, in martial arts. And at the end of his, his training, he'll have a cold, hot and cold shower. And the other day, his, you know, like the transition into secondary school can often be a bit difficult, mm-hmm. you know, so he was having a difficult day. And he said to me, I'm going to get into the cold shower. And I thought to myself, my job here is done, <laughs> you know, because he had learned the benefit. And yes, there was plenty of times he didn't want to do it, but he had done it enough times that he realized that no matter how we feel getting in, we feel completely different getting out. Mm-hmm. So no matter what, like if our energy is low or we are uh, not feeling ourselves or we're struggling with something by getting into the cold and just finding the, the rhythm, a calm rhythm of your breathing. We know from the science that it balances hormones, that it improves our circulation, but it does more than that. Mm-hmm. We come out different to the person that went in. Yeah. And I think if anybody's listened to this and thinking, oh, I want to be, you know, feel a bit better than I am now, 10 seconds in the cold shower, guarantee you will feel different, mm-hmm. you know, because it hits you, you're shocked by it. And at that stage, you have a choice. You can either try to find some calmness in your breath, especially in the exhale, or you can jump out. You know, either way, you're going to feel a little bit different. <laughs> but um, by finding that calm exhale, the body then starts to adapt to the pressure. And then, then all the changes. Then we start to change, you know, and then we start to realize that this, the cold can be a really simple and profoundly effective tool that we can use at any time. Mm-hmm. That's the reason, it's the whole reason why I began is because of just feeling anxiety, stress, stressful job, um, no time, not taking time for myself. And that's why I started it as well. But um, 
it's interesting how you said your son you said he's 12 right yeah and that's that's really important time nowadays for teenagers in school especially but it's amazing how he notices or he can you know take it upon himself to do this for himself um is he like spreading spreading this message to his friends in school then as well he is uh he's kind of the opposite to me when i was a child in many ways so he is uh he's been fighting in jiu-jitsu and mixed martial arts since really young you know and so if i was him at that age i'd be telling everybody you know <laughs> yeah. he doesn't his friends hardly even know that he trains you know so likewise with the cold if i was doing cold chairs i would have been telling everybody at that age but he's kind of quiet and uh you know he he not that he's quiet, but he's kind of just content with mm-hmm. himself, you know. So, so his friends aren't kind of, they're not interested. Now, they would say, how do you do that? You know, how do you do it? But what's kind of interesting is that with all of these things, which because I'm often asked, you know, how do we get our child or our teenager or whatever it is involved in a little bit of breathing or cold? And I think it's never by forcing them. It's always by leading by example. Mm-hmm. You know, so he has seen... Uh, Josie, my wife and myself, in and out of ice baths all the time, in and out of the cold shower all the time. And at the right moment, we just kind of introduced it as something he should be kind of practicing at the end of his showers. You know, now the younger ones are coming up and they're they're kind of learning it as well. But I wish I knew this when I was 12. Mm-hmm. You know, I wish I knew that, you know, 10 seconds of cold at, my sh- at the end of my shower would help me when I was 13, 14, 15, 16. I think these small little things are very important for people to learn uh, when they need them. And like, it's sometimes I know if someone hasn't done this, it, it, when they're listening, it can be hard to imagine themselves doing it. I mean, it's, it is a big step in someone's mind if they haven't done it before. Mm-hmm. But not only about the health benefits, but the community surrounding, yeah. like I, I'm going to, you know, Saul Till in Galway, you're probably yes. familiar with it. So I've been in there now every day this week. And the people you meet up there, the people you talk to, you never met before, yeah. and everyone's, everyone's willing to chat to you. Yeah. And, you know, talking about our feelings, uh, things that are bothering us, is still a little bit taboo in Ireland. You know, people yes. don't usually like to talk about it. But I find there, people talk about it. Now, not so yeah. openly, but it's like, how are you doing today? I'm feeling great. This is so good for the mind, isn't it? And you have a yes. conversation. But yeah. that's a conversation you usually wouldn't have in, in, a, in another place. Um, yeah. Unless you're in the pub, maybe, if you're drinking, then, yeah. then you might have a conversation about it. But yeah. um, it's just a thing. If you just get yourself to go down and see the people that are doing it and the support that is surrounding it. And yeah. I'm sure it's like that in your workshops, too. And it's a great point about people swimming in the sea um, because it goes back to what we we're saying about the showers. So everyone comes down to Salt Hill and they're carrying with them the tension of the day or they're carrying with them whatever is going on in their mind. And what I've noticed is that people may not be too talkative at the beginning, but when they get out, they're different. Mm -hmm. So all of a sudden, you know, there's a great phrase, I think it's from the Irish language, and it says that we go to the sea to to drown the miserable person. You know, so no matter how miserable we are, we get into the sea and we feel different when we get out. Mm-hmm. And I think it's when people get out and they've left all that stuff in the sea, then they turn and talk to the person beside them. And it's open because they've both been in the sea. They're both feeling 
this kind of euphoria. And we know from the science that the euphoria is all because of the hormones balancing and the kind of different things happening in the brain, releasing endocannabinoids, which makes us feel euphoric. You know, so all those things are happening and you can see it. Like people that don't talk to each other will change beside each other, get in, get out, and they'll be chatting then, mm -hmm. you know, no bother, you know. Um, it's amazing. The sea is, is so healing. And I think as an as a island people, I am really delighted to see so many people using it now. It's getting so, so popular, isn't it? Over the last yeah. couple of years, it's just blown up and it's so good to see. Yeah, it's, it's great because we, we're surrounded by it. Mm -hmm. You know, we should be using it all the time. Like years and years ago, it was, it was usually just me and old people. <laughs> and I used to think to myself, what happened back in the old days that all the old people started swimming? And now I know what happened, you know, because we'll all be old people, you know, and it'll eventually kind of fade again and then it'll come back again, you know. So we'll be all those old people in years to come enjoying our swims. Yeah, exactly. I said it, I said it the last day. I did a short solo podcast and I said about the hardened characters that are up there. Old people. <laughs> and, you know, I see I see um, the same uh, pregnant women going in. I, I, I see you're going in every day. and I'm thinking, this is brilliant. Yeah. Like, you're so dedicated yeah. and you know what's good. Like, yeah. And people feel it, you know, it's, 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 it's that same thing of, uh, it's like before you get into an ice bath or, you know, before you get into a sea, if it's really cold, there's always a part of it that's like, ah, you know, don't bother, you know, here's an ex excuse number one, excuse number mm -hmm. two, excuse number three. But when you've done it like that pregnant woman repeatedly, you know that at the end of it, how you'll feel, mm -hmm. you know, so slowly those excuses become weaker and weaker. And we know we then we know to expect them, and then we know how to override them, and then um, then we can enjoy it. And what about the, the the science behind it? Anyways, let's go to. I mean, what are the different things that it can really really help? So what's very interesting about uh, the breathing and the cold is that it it's been slowly proven to to help with so many things. So the big one that's been talked about a lot is that it makes our immune system much more efficient. So especially nowadays, and especially when people are under stress and pressure, the immune system really suffers when we're under stress and pressure. So being able to do that is very important. And then, of course, it helps reduce tension and pressure and stress and anxiety. You know, so those, the immune system and that stress is, is very important. Then for me, as we said before, we know from the breathing that it gets the oxygen we need down into the cells and produces energy. You know, we can actually feel your energy improving uh, when you're doing the breathing and the cold every day. And then, of course, there's lots of other things like your your focus improves, your, your quality of your sleep improves. Um, the whole cardiovascular system strengthens. You know, everything that we use when we're breathing and in the cold, it strengthens over time. So... Um, it's what I found from it was it's not that I said, oh my God, I, I noticed the energy levels. I noticed my health. I haven't been sick in years. I know, noticed those things, but it's, I noticed them by their absence. You know, so it used to be that I'd get tired at like three o'clock and I'd go to the coffee shop and get a drink or something. And that would kind of get me over. And then I noticed that that, that didn't happen anymore. Mm -hmm. You know, and then I noticed that I wasn't sick anymore. And then I noticed that, um, I didn't feel stressed about things anymore. So it's kind of, 
we kind of resolve them and they float away. And then by it takes a while to recognize that they're no longer there. Mm. Talking about um, sickness, you know, we're in an age too where, where we have a tablet for everything and we have a medicine for everything. And obviously you're a herbalist, so you try to keep things as natural as possible. I mean, um, was there a point in your life where you were, were you always into herbalist? I mean, or were you, was there a point in your life where that just something you came upon? Um, I've been very lucky that my parents are very open-minded and have always sought out um, answers to some of those big questions that we talked about at the beginning. So I was brought up in a household where, you know, this is way, 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 way back where yoga and Tai Chi were practiced in the house and, um, you know, they would be very open to questioning the types of food we ate and questioning religious beliefs and questioning everything. So um, you know, I remember my mom trying to make natural ketchup, you know, when we were younger. Because you know, I, you know, I loved ketchup on my chips or something. And of course, I was like, oh, that's disgusting. You know, I want the stuff out of the bottle. And I remember her trying to make, na you know, na naturally good for you kind of uh, crisps, you know. And again, it was like, oh, what are you it wasn't until I became much older that I looked back and thought to myself, you know, how brilliant they were for doing those things. But in, out of that came for me always trying to look at what's the natural way to kind of deal with this problem. Um, because loads of the pills that we have are great. And Western, Western medicine is amazing, especially in emergency situations, mm -hmm. you know, if I'm, if a person's knocked down, I want to, you know, an ambulance there to take them and, and they're, where Western medicine, I think, falls down a bit is in the kind of, in the recovery, in the healing part of it. We're great at fixing the problem, but we're not great at helping people recover fully, wholly, in, in, you know, in, their, in their emotions from it, in their body, in their mind. So for me, the plants have an answer to that. You know, lots of pharmaceutical drugs are, I think something like 80% of them are based on plants. They take the, the one active ingredient they extract it, and that's probably yeah, they develop that. You know, so the the herbalist approach is that what we need grows around us, and it's the whole plant. Because by extracting one part of it, we don't really understand the plants deeply enough to understand that what happens when we take one element of it out, because we don't understand all the interactions between everything. Mm. So the idea with what grows around us is that you know by taking the dandelion leaf in, in its entirety, we are, we are consuming something that we've been consuming for millions of years. Our bodies are used to it. And then it can, it can help us in lots of different ways, not just for our gut or not just for um, any digestive problems we're having. So it's that whole approach. That was very much part of my upbringing and something that I kind of, I really enjoy as well. Did it take you a long time to do your own research on this or was it something like you just gained over time yourself? Oh, I, I like um, I went and studied with a great herbalist in Mullingar called Gina McGarry. And Gina is Irish, but she spent a lot of time in America and she worked in uh, during the AIDS epidemic in Los Angeles in the 80s. And she uh, helped Vietnam veterans deal with the trauma of that. So I went to study with Gina for years, I think maybe five years. Um, and that was that was really where the education part of it came mm -hmm. in, you know, so really starting to understand uh, the plants and whatever, you know, the science behind it. And, um, and it's fascinating, you know, and 
if people want to look for it, we have a tradition of herbalism in Ireland that's really strong. Uh, you know, it might have been our grannies, though, that knew what to, what, you know, every child knows that if they get stung by a nettle, that the dock leaf beside it, if they rub it on, will yeah. relieve the, the sting. You know, so it's these things that are there, and you don't have to scratch too far below the surface to see that there's a whole, there's a whole tradition there that, that's just uh, that's thriving now mm-hmm. with the internet. It allows you to find these people. Yeah, especially when you have access to things that are not only in Ireland. Like years ago, oh, yeah. they only have so yeah. many things, but now you can get everything yeah. worldwide. Like, Yeah, and there's an, ama- there's an amazing kind of herbalist community around the world. I suppose it's part of the movement, the wider movement towards trying to be more, living more in harmony with, with what's around us. Mm-hmm. You know, So that can be part of the environmental movement, that can be part of the kind of reducing plastics you know it's also part of eating organically or whatever way you want to eat so you kind of using the plants around us i think is a, is a is part of a bigger shift in 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 how we're how we're looking at our place in nature mm-hmm. next big question this is one i've been really excited to ask you um you sometimes post up stories about a drink a chocolate drink or i'm not exactly sure cacao can you talk yeah. a little bit? Where do you get that first start, or what 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 are what does it do? Yeah, it's again, it's something that I came across. So I do uh, incredible events with two people, Daniela Moyles and Natasha, and we do we combine like Wim Hof method, and then Natasha does the cacao ceremony, and then Daniela does the the movement at the end, and it was during during the combination of that that I came across cacao and. So for anybody who's listening and thinking, what the hell is that? You know, so if we were to if we were to buy a chocolate bar in in the Cadbury's chocolate bar, in its in its original state, chocolate comes from cacao. This 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 small little thing that grows in the, in the wilds of kind of around the equator, and but there's so little cacao left in chocolate by the time it gets to the shelf in your news agent as a as a Cadbury's bar. That there was a there was like a movement to try and sue Cadbury's to stop calling it chocolate because there's so little cacao and stuff in it. So, so cacao is like the original chocolate. It's what chocolate is based on, and there's loads of research to show that dark chocolate in particular is very good for keeping us calm and full of loads of nutrients. Cacao is like the original version of that. So it's really dark. It's really bitter. It doesn't taste anything like chocolate. It's quite bitter. But it is so full. Even if you're just taking it as a superfood, it's so full of nutrients and minerals that it kind of it ticks your box for loads of the things that might be deficient in our diet. And it has enough in it. And if you're drinking it regularly enough, it kind of ticks the box for lots of really important um, minerals and vitamins. But what I loved about it more than that was um, that it also helps us feel very calm and open. And the research into it was actually done by a man in Galway. So there was an American uh, scientist based in Galway who, who studied anandamide. So anandamide is a chemical that exists only in two places so far we've discovered, one in humans and two in cacao. So anandamide, ananda is like a, a Sanskrit word meaning bliss. So anandamide is like the bliss chemical. So it makes us feel open and, and 
joyful and loving. It really, you know, that that's my experience of it. Mm. So when you drink it, you can drink it like running around like people do chasing their tails, drinking a cup of coffee. But if you actually stop and take the time to drink it with, you know, just you and the drink, um, you can feel it. For me, what it does is, is it makes me really calm. It slows me down. It, I can, you know, I can feel, I can feel the kind of blood vessels around here opening, but I can also feel like emotionally opening. And I've had some of my, my best ideas, for example, when I've been just sitting drinking cacao and I combine it with breathing. Some of my, you know, some of the kind of biggest insights I've had, I've had during those moments of just nothing else but you and a, and a beautiful warm drink. So you can kind of, you can make it. So um, there's a brand called Keats Cacao, which is a kind of, I, I was like, Keith? <laughs> Keith, Keith lives in Guatemala. Um, and it is, it's, it's picked wild, it's sustainably grown, it's, you know, it's done with the community there, and it's pure. And you can buy that from uh, thestill.com. They're, they're the people I work with, Natasha and Daniela. They have a, the website, it's T-H-E there, and then still, S-T-L-L.com. So you can, the still, you can buy it from them, and um, otherwise it has to come much further afield. They, have, they, they sell it in Ireland. And it, when you buy it, they send you a little link as well on how to prepare the drink as well. So you put different, you might put some ginger or cinnamon or honey to sweeten it up and uh, and to make it. But, you know, I found it very, very beneficial. And I found it extraordinarily complementary to to the breathing, breathing practice and to meditation and everything I do. And, you know, it's part of now. Myself and Josie get up at about six. We drink some cacao together. We breathe together and then then all the chaos starts with the four little children getting up that sounds like the dream <laughs> um, i'm gonna put i'll put that in the in the, in the show notes and um, so people can find it because i'm sure people will yeah. be interested and with the workshops you do what do you do anything that's completely individual to yourself when you're doing the wim hof method workshops i mean what is it that you get when you come to your ones yeah, this is the beauty of the Wim Hof Method. Um, the Wim Hof Method exists within a framework. So every workshop that you'll go to, no matter where in the world you go to, there'll be certain elements that are covered. The fundamental skills will be covered. But within the framework, then, every instructor is, is, given, is encouraged to teach it as they have, you know, as it reflects in their life. Mm -hmm. um, so there might be people who would love my workshops and other people who would hate them. Mm -hmm. But there's enough instructors around that you'll find an instructor that, that kind of suits you. You know, So um, for me, what I think is, you know, and this is only my own take on it, I'm in the cold every day. I'm breathing every day. For me to teach it, I feel I have to be on the path of mastery. You know, yeah. So when I first went to learn the Wim Hof Method, um, the training center, the old training center was in the back garden of Wim's house in rural in, in Netherlands. My first ice bath was there. I'd never done an ice bath before and Wim jumped in beside me and I was like, ah! <laughs> an ice bath, which is shocking enough. And there's actually Wim Hops, you know? Um, but when I came back, that was about halfway through the instructor training. 
I thought to myself, okay, Ireland doesn't, we, we don't really have winters like they do in, in Northern Europe where everything's solidly frozen. But I felt that for me to guide people through the experience, I had to understand it deeply. So I set myself a challenge of doing an ice bath every day for 100 days. You know, just, I needed to understand it. And that's how I approach, you know, the, the breathing and the cold is that my constant practice of it helps me understand it in a way that I can then turn and, and, and pour into my workshops and help people. So for me, the kind of mastery of it is very important. And you never get to it, like being a master of it, but it's the process of constantly practicing mm -hmm. um, and being able to then take that and ex use that to help people practice it themselves. That's what I think I bring to it. Exactly, yeah. And, you know, I would also link up um, your profile so people go and have a look. But I see when you're doing it, you are really with the person when you're doing it. You yeah. are there with them. You're at their level. You're even, you know, down at eye level and helping them breathe. And you have your, your drum. Uh, the drum. Yeah. What, I don't know. Is there a specific name for that? Is there? The, the drum. The, the drum. <laughs> the drum. <laughs> but it looks really ritual and it looks powerful. And the people jump out of the water there and they're, yeah. they're you know, alive. Like that's the real, yeah. they're really powerful looking like. And that's, I suppose, maybe what's unique about my own workshops is that is that approach everyone approaches it you know within that framework but their own flavor and for me the ice bath is a ritual mm -hmm. you know we're going yes we're going into the cold but we're actually going down into the depths of ourself you, you learn a lot about yourself in those moments of shock and uh, you know at the start and you learn a lot about yourself when you when you can find through your breath calm mm -hmm. and, and control in there you know, so if we go, when we approach the cold, we all approach it as a tribe together and we surround the ice baths and everybody's breathing with everybody in the ice baths. Everyone's warming up with everybody. And that collective momentum is a huge part of the experience. Mm. Um, you know, and it's, you know, it's not about how long people are in there for. It's about feeling when you are in control and you, and you feel the body switch into a point where it's calm mm -hmm. despite the 46 kgs of ice sitting on your chest you know so for me it's a privilege to bring people through that process and to you know some people don't need any guidance from me in there but some people definitely do and i'm there with them and the drum the way we use the drum the drum adds a kind of structure and rhythm to the whole thing it does things that your voice can't do and people feel it in a way that you they don't feel your voice. And again, that comes back from my my training years ago in, in the different healing traditions of Ireland. The drum is used a lot to bring about meditative states. So uh, we, we definitely <clears throat> use that as part of it. Mm -hmm. And you talk about, I mean, like, you're never there. I mean, there's no point you get to when you're, you're there, you're finished. Um, I thought I had a pretty down, you know, I was getting into the water and I get in and I lower myself and one long breath and you know, it's, it's pretty okay. I mean, the water in the sea is yeah. pretty good now. It's pretty, it's pretty nice. Like it's not an awful shock when you get into it yeah. and I go in and I slow down my breath and, and I, I, I generally hold on, on an inhale because it keeps me afloat easier. And, yeah. I was, and I was just thinking today, I said, this is so easy. I mean, I've got this breathing down. 
And then a big wave comes in. The waves are also getting a little bit rough. And not only the wave, it brings in a heap of seaweed and it wraps around me and then the panic starts. I'm, oh, Jesus Christ. And I was thinking, damn it, there's always a surprise. But that's a great story because we, you know, we always have to respect the cold. Mm. Absolutely respect the cold. And it's the moments when we don't expect that's when she comes and gets yeah. you like to see there coming to get you, you know, and it's the same. It, it doesn't matter if it's an ice bath or a lake full of ice or, or the sea, it doesn't really matter or a cold shower. Mm-hmm. When we respect the cold and we re- approach it with that respect, there's a nervousness in it and there's, there's a reason for that there. And we should use it, you know, to, you know, to keep our focus. It's when we kind of don't have that. And we're like, Oh, it's grand. I did it yesterday always comes after us yeah. you know so every time we get in the cold is totally different every time you know it, you know some days it might be easier than other days but it's absolutely different every time so that's a great lesson to learn you know mother nature is just mm-hmm. gently flexing her muscles to show you who the, who the boss is yeah don't get too confident <laughs> <laughs> always respect her so where can people find you where can yeah, where so, do you have an Instagram or what what do you go? Yeah, on? so on Instagram or on the website, it's just breathe with n i a l l dot com, breathe with neil dot com, or breathe with neil on Instagram mm-hmm. or Facebook. And what about your workshops? Where are they located, or what kind do you do? So the workshops now at the moment are we're running them every week, every weekend. Um, they're mostly in Dublin. Our venue here is back open again. Our venue in Cork. Uh, hasn't opened yet and we have retreats out on the west coast in the cliffs of moho retreat as well once a month as well so either if you're either west coast or east coast we have something for you yeah i definitely advise people checking them out and the one on the on the cliffs of moher it looks amazing i mean it looks it is, incredible yeah. like so definitely um check it out people if, you, if you're uh, if you're on that and um, neil it's been an absolute pleasure having you on I was really excited. Thank you. you don't know this, but I've been I've been uh, visualizing you coming onto this episode for a while. Oh, so it's it's paid off. <laughs> All the hard work has worked. Yeah. Look, <laughs> thanks for joining us, and um, yeah, I'm looking forward to following you and, and seeing where the journey goes, and I'm looking forward to going to one of your workshops. I was looking at them in October. I'm gonna I'm gonna get onto it. Brilliant. So and thanks James for joining us, and guys, You're thanks very for welcome. listening in. It's a pleasure to be here and thanks for inviting me on.